I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to Episode 6. If you missed the pilot episode and this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. In another verse I have not talked about yet in this podcast, it's an important one though, 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul wrote, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So clearly, what's going on in our minds matters. In each episode, I'll offer one glorious thought for your mind to dwell on. And the thought I want to offer today is this, hope is certainty in a good future. When we use the word hope, and we do a lot, We usually use it to mean that there's something we would like to happen. Say, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow for the parade, or I hope my favorite team wins. Now, that's actually not the kind of hope the Bible is talking about. That's actually what I would call wishful thinking. In the New Testament, hope is not wishful thinking about the future. It's certainty about the future. And because of the work of Jesus, it is certainty in a good future. Well, let's take a look at the foundational passage for this podcast because it actually contains this Christian understanding of hope. So Paul writes, So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, you will also be revealed with him in glory. Now, notice those last two verses. For you have died. That's past tense. That happened when you turned your life over to Jesus, when you repented, right, which means to change your mind, change the direction of your life, and began living with Jesus as your Lord and Savior and teacher and friend. That ended an old life, an old way of life. And so you've died to that, right? But then to the present, next clause, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Then to the future, When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, okay, wait, wait, what's that referring to? Christ is revealed, what does that mean? It refers to the second coming. So we say in many of our churches in our liturgy, uh, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. So what happens in that time when Christ is revealed? Last clause, you will also be revealed with him in glory. What does that mean? Well, it means you're going to glow, right? I mean, uh, the word glory has to do with the the combination of beauty and power. And so the fullness of who you are and we're intended to be, that's what happens. That's how it ends. Let me tell a story that really helped me understand Christian hope in in this way. So a group of friends and I, we watch uh, our favorite football team, and we do it most every week. Now, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I think I might have it in a previous episode. I don't know, but I, we love the Denver Broncos. I grew up in Denver. And so, um, and all of, all of us together really love the Broncos. We look forward to it. We put our jerseys on and, <clears throat> and watch the game. Now, one, one member of our group is actually first and foremost a Cowboys fan. So when the Broncos and the Cowboys are playing at the same time, um, he will go into another room and, and watch the Cowboys play. Another kind of strange quirk about us is that we um, we don't like watching the game in real time. We like, 
you know, pre-recording it and then starting in an hour delayed. The reason is you can skip the commercials, which is really great. So we do that, and we make a pact that nobody's going to, you know, look at your phones and find the score and ruin it, right? So, so that's how we watch our game. So one Sunday, this was years back, we were watching the Broncos play. The Cowboys were playing, so Jared was in another room watching them play, but he was watching in, in real time. Now, this was a terrible game. I mean, painful. The Broncos were playing badly. With three minutes to go, our team was down 15 to nothing. So there was pretty much, to use our word, no hope. And we were just sad, and it was quiet in the room. And, you know, we're mourning in a way. And all of a sudden, Jared walks in and says, hey, fellas, can I watch the rest of this game with you guys? And he has a big smile on his face, which was weird. So I thought, what a jerk. You know, I mean, he knows, look, he knows the room. We're sad. And, uh, and yet he's smiling. And so he sits down. He still has the big smile. And I look at him and I think, what is going on? Jared's not a jerk. In fact, Jared's one of the nicest guys I know. And then, boom, it hit me. He'd been watching in real time. He knows what's going to happen in the end. Now, surely we can't win this game, but maybe something happens that's good. I don't know. So almost as soon as Jared sat down, uh, the Broncos scored a touchdown. And then, you know, a a minute later, they get the ball back, and they score another touchdown. And then they go for a two-point conversion. They tie the game. It sends it into overtime, and uh, our kicker has this really long 52-yard field goal. He hadn't been making anything all day, and boom, he puts it through the uprights. Broncos win. We went crazy. The crowd roared. Ah. I looked over Jared, and I just gave him a big old hug, and I said, thanks, man. He goes, oh, I knew that would be fun. Now, what does that story have to do with hope? Well, look, if we can't have certainty in a good future— then we're talking about someone who actually knows how it ends. Jared knew, even despite how crazy difficult it was, he knew how that was going to end. He had certainty of how that game was going to end. He didn't have any question. He, he knew the Broncos are going to win this game in a miraculous way, and those boys out there are going to love it. And that's just so much like Christian hope, right? I mean, yeah, it was a great comeback for the Broncos, but look, who had the greatest comeback in history? Jesus. I mean, he suffers, he's executed. Uh, I mean, his followers had no reason for hope, even though he had been telling them he was going to rise from the dead, but, you know, they forgot. And, you know, the resurrection, though, affirmed everything that he had said. He defeated sin. He defeated death. So now we know how this ends. That's why Paul could say, When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also appear with him in glory. Jesus has secured that. Not you, not me, not what we've done, right? And you know, it changes the way we look at our current lives when you have this kind of hope. I mean, perhaps you or someone you know suffered through grief or loss. I know I have. I've lost a lot of people. I've been to way too many funerals, people I love. And you know, what's carried me through through that, really, is is a verse in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, which is, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. 
See, when Christ who is my life is revealed and Christ who is the life of these dear people I've lost is revealed, we will all appear with him in glory. I'm going to see my loved ones again. That's not wishful thinking, folks. That's Christian hope. It is certainty in a good future. Another verse that really helped me was Revelation 22, 5. Speaking of that day, that one day, reads, There'll be no more night. They need no lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. That's our destiny. That's the future. Amen? Okay, one last thought from above. This one blew me away. It's from uh, an Orthodox Christian writer named John Zazulis. I think that's a cool name, Zazulis, because my name's Jim Smith, and it's not cool. John Zazulis wrote these words that just uh, knocked me right out of my chair when I read it. He said, Christians are people who have their roots in the future and their branches in the present. That bears repeating. Christians are people who have their roots in the future and their branches in the present. Now, that seems backwards, right? I mean, our, our roots should be, I guess, in the past, maybe the present, I don't know. But not in the future. That makes no sense. But what Zazulus is explaining is that's exactly what the Christ event changed. We have our roots. We have our sustenance, the things that's flowing into our lives in the present. That is from the future. That's how we can live in the present with the certainty of a good future. It's there. Our roots are already established. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Two caveats I just want to share about Christian hope. Uh, because maybe some listening will be wondering some things, and I'm anticipating that. So the first one is this, is that, yeah, we're anticipating a good future, but that doesn't mean that we don't care about the goodness of the present. In his great book, Surprised by Hope, great title, Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright, he points out that neither Jesus' teaching nor the biblical writers, they didn't separate the present from the future like we do. And so he says that while believers anticipate a good future— that God's going to one day make everything right, that's no reason for us in this life to delay our efforts to do good to seek justice in the here and now. Second caveat, Christian hope is actually not an individual thing. You know, we tend to, to we read the Bible as individuals, um, but the hope, Christian hope particularly, is communal. Remember, Paul said, we do not grieve as others do, but as those who grieve with hope. We Hope is best experienced in community. You know, I know I can get discouraged and um, disappointed and down about, you know, things in my life, failures, setbacks. And hope doesn't come easily in those times. You know, it's a little easier when the successes happen. But when, you know, you have those disappointments, hope can be hard to come by. And that's what I love about having a Christian community, Christian brothers and sisters who can remind me about our common hope. I mean, frankly, it's why I go to church. (laughs) Well, it's not the only reason, but it's a big reason why. Because when I go into church, I'm stepping into the eighth day of creation, man. We're we're talking about a new order of existence where we say things like Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. I mean, that is a thought from above.
I hope you'll join me next week for episode 7, where I'll be talking about living a Godward life by looking at Psalm 23. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. You can also learn more about some of the programs and events that we have at the Apprentice Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, please click on the like button and share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you'll get them automatically each week. Now, if this subject of Christian hope has kind of piqued your interest and you want to you know, dig a little deeper into it, um, my latest book, The Magnificent Journey, Living Deep in the Kingdom, um, goes into some real detail on what Christian hope is. Until next time, keep setting your minds on things above. And as always, my hope is, is that one day if you're asked what's on your mind, your answer will be things above.